0: Welcome to the Flourish with Functional Nutrition podcast. I'm your host, Madeline Lowry, founder of Twin Cities Nutritional Therapy and a nutritional therapy practitioner specializing in chronic digestive issues, allergies, sensitivities, and autoimmune conditions. Join me for episode 28, where we discuss nutrition for expectant mothers and young children with Morgan Simon, functional nutritional therapy practitioner from Austin, Texas. Hear about her approach to optimal health for baby and mother and how dietary interventions early in life set the stage for later years. Learn how she works with distance clients and what you can expect from sessions with her. Listen until the end for her quick nutrition tip. As always, we must disclaim that the information we share in the podcast is for educational purposes only. Nutritional therapy is a holistic wellness practice that seeks to strengthen the systems of the body and address root causes of illness. As nutritional therapy practitioners, we do not diagnose or treat disease, and we recommend working with a qualified practitioner. Now, let's talk to Morgan. Good morning, Morgan, and welcome back to the show.
1: Thank you. It's great to be here again.
0: So happy to have you back. So last time we talked to you, we were talking about your background, how you learned about nutritional therapy and what inspired you to become one, uh, a nutritional therapy practitioner, that is. So you mentioned that you specialize in working with women and children, and I'd love to have you talk a little bit about that.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I work with women in pregnancy, postpartum, and early motherhood years, and specifically with children in the zero to five age range. And I'm really passionate about this age uh, because these childhood years are when we're laying the foundation of good health for life. So if we can start when a child is six months old and we can introduce the most nutrient dense foods possible while simultaneously reducing the toxins that they're exposed to, That is truly life-changing. We're setting them up at that point for lifelong health and in the future when they encounter viruses and bacteria, when they have stressful periods, if they have this solid foundation that we have equipped them with, they are going to be able to handle all of those things so much better. Uh, and I really believe that there's a specific approach that we can take for these young children that takes into account their digestive capabilities. It pays respect to what their systems are truly able to handle, and what nutrients are going to be the most bioavailable to them.
0: Oh, that sounds so interesting, and I have I had a couple of quick thoughts while you were talking about that. I was thinking about, the, of course, the role of the microbiome plays in our health all throughout our lives and how those, those foundations are laid, um, you know, even in the womb, certainly through breastfeeding and in early diet. And the second thought I had was about allergies, and you talked about proper introduction of foods, and I thought, I wonder if this, you know, reduces the tendency towards allergies later in life. So maybe you can <laughs> touch on one or both of those um, topics.
1: Absolutely. Uh, I truly believe it does, and science supports that. You know, we have this trend of introducing foods. And it was even worse, say, 20, 30 years ago, where where children were recommended to introduce foods, you know, rice cereal in the bottle at two months old. And what we see now flash forward to when that population, they're adults, and we have all of these chronic autoimmune conditions and allergies because the gut wasn't equipped to handle that food. Uh, And so There's a specific age, you know, we now know that at six months, that is when the nutrition demands are not completely met by breast milk or by formula. And then we also know that their systems are particularly capable of uh, ingesting other food, but not all food. And so I'm a big believer that grains, which again, they are commonly recommended, but they don't have the, children do not have the proper enzymes to break down those grains. And so when we introduce food that the body is not equipped to handle, we're setting these babies and these children up for lifelong allergies and for autoimmune conditions. So part of my approach is to really look at, okay, what are these systems capable of handling? What enzymes are present and what foods have the most bioavailable nutrients. And so for this particular age range, you know, broth is one of my favorite first foods uh, because of the bioavailability of nutrients. Cooked meats, liver are also really fantastic options. Again, it goes to just really paying respect to what their systems are able to handle you know you can feed this is true for adults and this is true for young children but you can pick a really really fantastic nutrient dense food and feed it to them but if their body is not able to break it down that food is not going to be doing them any good and so this is important that we look at this when it comes to feeding young children and introducing those solids and i'm I'm so happy that you brought that up regarding allergies because it is an important consideration when we look at how allergies and how autoimmune conditions have skyrocketed in the last two decades uh it's it's a pretty disheartening picture, and I think that by addressing the root causes and truly examining nutrition, we can have a big impact with those numbers
0: yeah well that's one of my specialties is working with people with allergies and sensitivities and autoimmune diseases so this is this is very very pertinent um to my world um so tell me tell me more about how, you know, at what point do you do you like to start working with your clients, and you know what is what is your approach? Maybe you can give us a little bit of a, a flavor of that.
1: Absolutely. So depending on where they are in life, in a perfect world, I would love to work with couples six to twelve months prior to conception. You and I touched on it briefly, but there's a lot of work that can be done prior to conception to truly optimize both the parent's health, but also the health of that future child. However, that isn't always possible, and that's okay. I think that any point that you bring in an NTP or any point that you decide to lead a more nutrient-dense life and a more holistic life is fantastic. And that's part of the reason that I I named my business Well-Timed, because it is always a good time. So while the ideal timing would be six to 12 months prior to conception, and for children, I would love to start working with parents at five months so we can go through and really understand what they're going to be doing when their child turns six months. So when we can set the stage in advance, that's optimal. However, at any Point. It is helpful to bring in an NTP. I'm a big believer in that. There's never a point where it's too late to start incorporating nutrition and seeing a benefit to that. Um, When it comes to how I work with clients, there are a couple of things that I like to focus on, and again, it depends on the package that we've established. But the thing that is always present is a root cause approach. So I really want to look at the foundations of health. I want to understand what your underlying causes could be. What factors are there that are impacting overall health? So we do a very thorough intake process that includes the nutritional assessment questionnaire that dives deep into the medical history. But beyond that, I want to know what factors exist within the home. So what are the body products that are used on moms, on children? Um, what kind of cookware are you using? Are you exposed to pesticide? Here in Texas, it's very common to have homes sprayed with bug solution because we get all sorts of crazy bugs. I want to know all of those things. I want to know the vaccination schedule that the child was on. I want to know what the mother was exposed to during pregnancy. So understanding all of these different lifestyle factors and diet factors are really going to help us determine the approach that we go on. That said, I really like to look at lifestyle and create programs and plans that are able to be implemented and stuck with long-term. I think it's really easy to say to everybody, you know, you need to get eight hours of good quality sleep every single night. But to a breastfeeding mom of a three-year-old who's up cluster feeding three times a night and they're going through a growth spurt, having eight hours of uninterrupted sleep isn't feasible at this point. So I want to meet her where she's at and I want to figure out, where within her lifestyle we can make changes to get her rested and to get her nourished and to get her healthy. Uh, Meeting children and meeting mothers where they're at, again, you know, somebody is a very picky eater. I'm not going to go in and say, get rid of everything that they've been eating and only implement this specific diet. I want to meet families where they're at and make changes that we can sustain for a lifetime. Um, You know, the breastfeeding mom was just one example, but it really is reflective of of women and of young children, the perfect case scenario is not always something that we can implement. And that's okay because we don't need to be perfect. We want to do what's right for the mother or the child in that season of life. I am a big believer in working with my clients to create small habits that they can stick with. Uh, So, you know, maybe right now that child, that three-year-old is having cereal or Pop-Tarts for breakfast every morning. Hopefully not, but that is a common scenario so if we can exchange that and just start there and get avocado and eggs for breakfast that small habit is going to make a big change when we look at how it's impacting them um, over a series of time you know again going back to the sunlight if if food is really difficult and that family is really struggling and we're doing small changes we're also going to incorporate things like getting outside and doing a 20-minute walk in the morning. Again, these small changes can really have a valuable impact in terms of the, the long change that they can create.
0: Wow, that sounds incredible. So I, I appreciate that description of how you how you work with your clients. Can you talk about what it's like? What is the client I don't know, intake process like? What would it be like for someone to reach out and say, gosh, I think I might be interested in your services? And how you know how would how do we get this started? What would this process look like? What uh what kind of investment in time?
1: Absolutely. I have a few different options. Uh and so for full service clients, it begins with that comprehensive initial intake process. And so this includes a full health history report, a nutrition nutritional assessment questionnaire, and a 90-minute initial consult. And in that consult, which can be done virtually or in person if they're in the Austin area, We will really dive deep into health background and we'll investigate signs and symptoms that they're currently experiencing or that they have experienced in the past. We'll discuss goals that that they want to have, what they want to see for their health now and a year from now. We'll discuss lifestyle. When I develop a program with a client, I, I want it to be a fit into that life in a sustainable manner. So we'll really focus on some of those key factors like how much time can you realistically spend in the kitchen? And how open are you to change? I, I ask that of all of my clients before we begin working together because until somebody is ready to make a significant change and put in the effort, you can have all of the knowledge in the world. But until you're willing to put in that time and effort, it's not going to make a big difference. So from there, we'll develop a timeline and next steps. So if a client is in person in the Austin area, this is also when we'll move on to the functional clinical assessment um, and this, you know, like every other FNTP is one of my favorite tools because it helps me to get an understanding of what organ systems in the body are under stress. And it is really incredible how the body will tell you what it needs. So we will we will get that firsthand information and then we'll pair it with what the client is saying, what signs and symptoms that they are. Are, are telling us they're experiencing and we'll develop a plan from there. So I have three months op- options, six months options. All of them include the, the two-pronged approach. So we will be incorporating real food and we will be developing a bio-individual diet, but we will simultaneously be eliminating toxins from the home and from their life. I think when we do one without the other, we are leaving a lot of healing on the table. And we, again, need to look at the whole picture. So I want to look at every facet and I want to figure out what we can do to make this individual or this family the healthiest possible version of themselves in the long run. So again, depending on the service commitment, this might be an intensive one-month period or it may be a longer three- or six-month program. Uh, In addition to those longer programs, I also do one-time consults. And this has actually become something that I, I truly love. And so these are really great option for somebody who's looking on, you know, specific advice for introducing solids. Maybe they have a good foundation, but they want to understand their child's bio a little bit more. So we will set up a one-hour call that doesn't require and take paperwork before. There's a couple of questions that I will ask, but it is not a long process. Uh, it's an, a great option for somebody who maybe has a, a picky eater or a preference eater on their hands, or if they want to work on removing toxins from their home and maybe don't know where to start, or how to evaluate products. These one-time consults are a fantastic option for all of those scenarios.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a really wonderful gift that maybe an expectant grandparent might want to gift to their their son, their son or daughter that's um, expecting, right? Oh, that's a great idea. I actually have never, never had it uh, purchased that way or gifted that way, but that's a
1: wonderful idea.
0: Yeah, yeah. So could you tell us a little bit about your work with um, a a client, for example, and what kind of process you went through and what benefits were experienced during your time working with them?
1: I would love to. I always get excited to to discuss case studies and to hear it tends to be one of my favorite things. Uh, So the first client that, that comes to mind is a woman who I work with on a longer term program. And she was in her mid-30s, and initially, she, we began working together because she suffered from chronic headaches and joint pain. And she was a busy mom. She had two young children, and she was struggling a lot on her plate, as all moms are, and she would often prioritize her children's health. So, uh, you know, she was the epitome of a, a super mom and making sure that her children, just their life, their everything was, was really running incredibly well, but forgetting about her own health in the process. And one of the things that I loved in our initial intake and our initial uh, meeting together was discussing goals and what her health goals were. And she had several, but two of the ones that stuck out the most to me were that she wanted to be able to play with her kids. She wanted to be able to go on the playground, chase them around, get on the floor and not have to worry about her joints hurting or standing up or being in pain. And she also wanted to be able to go out salsa dancing, which was her true love, her passion. But she had stopped going because it was so painful. The next morning when she would get out of bed, she would be in debilitating pain. Her joints would hurt, and it would be miserable. So it had gotten to a point where it it wasn't even worth it for her to do her passion, what she loved, what she got, enjoyment, what filled her cup. Uh, And those goals are just... They say a lot about overall health to me. Uh, what we want, you know, well, waist size or or symptoms, you know, all of those come into play. What we really want from health is for a pain-free life where we can enjoy our family and friends. And I think that that is just the foundation of good health. So I love that she was able to recognize and identify those. And it gave us something really tangible to work on. So initially what we did, uh, she was an in-person client. So we did the full intake process. We did the nutritional assessment questionnaire. We did the functional clinical assessment. And like most clients, it really is incredible to see how, again, what the body tells us, what organ systems are under distress, almost always parallels completely with what signs and symptoms a client is experiencing and so in this particular client digestion and blood sugar regulations were off the charts so her body really needed support there and she just didn't know where to start so with all of my clients I start with that real food lifestyle and so going through this client was like a lot of America overfed and undernourished and so in prioritizing her children and prioritizing their activities and their schooling she was forgetting to eat And when she would go and eat, it would be whatever she could grab as quick as possible. So in the morning, she would have coffee upon waking. She would have a cup of juice, and then she would completely forget to eat. And eventually, it would be chocolate-covered almonds. And she was quite realistic with her expectations and with her abilities. She didn't particularly enjoy spending a lot of time in the kitchen, but she recognized the importance of it and was willing to put in some time. So I tried to meet her where we were at and where she was at. Uh, And what that looked like was coming up with a lot of pre-made options. So soft boiling several eggs, or in the beginning, it was getting the organic pre-boiled eggs from Costco, incorporating avocado, getting sauerkraut so she could get some fermented foods into her diet. And once she had these staples, we did this for every meal, once she had these staples and she had these options that she was able to go to that weren't overwhelming to think about. We started to see her, A, implement them consistently, and B, her health improve dramatically. It really is amazing how how starved the body can be for just these simple nutrients. And once we get that real food component and the body is able to rely on those healthy, nutritious foods, the healing can, depending on the person, can come pretty rapidly. And so for her, that was a matter of what we, we saw. And I think it's very motivating for a client, and it definitely was in this situation, to see those changes happen, it does not always happen this fast. But for this particular client, it did. Uh, and the reason that I like to talk about her as a case study is because through this process, she got so in tune with her body in interpreting her own bioindividual cues and finding out what her body responded to. And so, one of her uh, her signs and symptoms that she would notice whenever you know we went through the long term process, we incorporated removing toxins, introducing nutrient-dense food. We did a supplement protocol with her, and all of it was incredibly impactful. She would notice whenever she would fall back into old habits at the beginning of the pandemic, which was obviously a very stressful time for a lot of people. She incorporated a little bit more sugar and alcohol than she had been doing for several months and immediately saw the signs. And so for her, her gums, she would notice that her gums, when she would floss, would get sore and would bleed after only one day of a diet change. She would notice that her joints, the next morning, after having sugar, after having alcohol, and after having processed carbohydrates, she would notice an immediate change in her joints. And I I love to talk about that because I think one of the most impactful things that we as nutritional therapists do is to not only help develop this nutritional protocol, not only help develop what supplements are going to help, but help plants recognize what their own body is telling them. And being in tune with your body and with the signs that it is telling you is one of the best things that you can do for your overall health. Because what my body tells me and the signs and symptoms of imbalance that I experience is not going to be the same for my clients. It's not going to be the same for you, it's not going to be the same for my children, and it's not even going to be the same for me in 10 years. So the more in tune that we can get with our body and the more that I can help my clients recognize these signs and symptoms, the better I'm setting them up for lifelong health.
0: That's a great story. And it it illustrates a, a, a number of different points. I was writing some things down here, but I loved what you said about being overfed and undernourished, right? How much of America is that way just because we don't have the food culture, uh, the traditional food cultures, and the wisdom of those food cultures to guide us. Um, And we have mostly grown up in an era of packaged, industrially produced foods. And I think overall, both the culture and the medical community look at food as kind of like fuel, right? Right. So, I mean, I think there is a growing interest in, in higher quality foods, in cleaner foods, in more nutrient-dense foods like you were talking about. Maybe you can explain what you mean by nutrient-dense. But uh, I, I think there's a burgeoning interest in that, and that's it's very heartening, I think, for all, <laughs> all nutritional therapy practitioners everywhere. But, um, I, but I think for a long time, I mean, certainly when I was a child, I don't think there was the same focus on this. I
1: absolutely agree. And I think that we have continued to, you know, as time progressed, we see the food continue to shift towards more chemicals, more preservatives, more packaged options. And whereas previously, maybe those were a special treat, now they've become the staple. And we've simultaneously seen the rise in allergies, the rise in obesity, the rise in disease that has followed suit. You know, I've heard the, the phrase, if you want the standard American diseases, then eat the standard American diet. And what's been particularly saddening is it used to be that these diseases would, would come to people when they were in their seventies and eighties, but it's progressively gotten younger and younger and younger with each generation. And now we see these diseases popping up in children. Uh, and, you know, we have a lot of work to do. And when I say nutrient dense foods, I think that's where it all begins. And So to put it as, as simply as possible, um, I I like nutrient dense foods that come from plants or animals. And I think that that is what we need to look out for the foundation of foods. So high quality pasture raised meats, and if well tolerated, uh, high quality grass fed, preferably raw dairy vegetables, fruit, limited quantities. We need to look at these, these delicious foods that are coming from the earth and making those the staple of our diet versus packaged options. And, One of my biggest, I'll say pet peeves, but really it goes beyond that, uh, is there's a lot of of options that are packaged that are marketed towards moms as a healthy option that are anything but. And so the food industry really preys on moms who, no matter what the the status of, of any mom or her health, I truly believe that all mothers want to do what is best for their children. And maybe they don't necessarily know how, or maybe they, they aren't uh, equipped with the time or resources to always do that, but we all want what is best for our children. And so I have a big problem with a lot of these processed food companies that are marketing you know, all natural, whole grain pop turds or cereal or granola to mothers of young children when that is absolutely not what their bodies need. That is not going to be something that is going to nourish their bodies in an optimal way. Uh, and that is part of what prompted me to become an NTP, as I was seeing these problems in in my own family community uh, of of children who were overfed and undernourished. And so I really, really think that by starting with children and by feeding these nutrient dense foods, that we can make just a huge change in their overall lifelong health.
0: Yeah, and I love the examples that you gave of sort of remodeling breakfasts, right? I. I wanted to bring up the topic of avocados, right? Because you you mentioned them a couple times, both in the diet of the mother and of the child. That you examples that you that you mentioned, and I think that you know I just want to have a little side conversation here about the importance of good fats in the diet, because I do think that fats have been maligned in uh, our culture, and that many parents are concerned about the fat content of their children's diets.
1: Oh, goodness. I mean, we could be here all day. I—that That is one of my, my biggest pillars of good health is just how important... Nourishing fat is, and again for everybody, but particularly for children. When we go and we look at their their nutrition demands, their brains are growing at such a rapid pace those first years of life, and they need nourishing fats. They need the fat soluble vitamins to support that growth. Um, it it's pretty disheartening to see. The nutrient demands compared to what the standard american diet provides and that's one of the first things that i like to look at with my clients is making sure that in every meal and every snack we are getting nourishing fats and i say avocado that comes up often probably just because i love them but i think that there's a lot of different options one of my other favorite foods that You know, if you've worked with me as a client or you're a family or friend, you will hear me talk about sardines often because these are such a rich source of delicious fats and kids love them. Um, So that's one of those that I try to to get into there often. There is so many different foods like that that we can incorporate, but the importance of fat in a child's diet cannot be overstated. Uh, There's a book that I like, The Big Fat Surprise, that walks through the past um, 50 years of policy as well as nutrition and health, and it looks at all of the science on that. and it's very interesting to see how, uh, how it has changed throughout the years. Initially, the American Association of Pediatrics, they stood in strong opposition to the low-fat recommendations, and they were actually the last group to concede, essentially, when they were bullied enough to have to to low fat recommendations, and I think now with the rise of, you know, whole thirty and keto, one of the benefits is that we are seeing people start to recognize how important fat is and how good they feel when they consume these high quality fats. And so, uh, I'm so glad that you brought it up because it just truly cannot be overstated. And the the fat ratio. Is going to be bio individual, so it isn't something I personally do much better on a higher fat diet. I have more energy. Uh, I can notice a difference in my skin and my hair, but that my my ratio for fat may not be the the same for you. And so, working with families to understand. That fat is so important. Children have these high demands, but it's up to you to develop what is going to be the best ratio. Ideally, working with an NTP to develop that. Um, but just understanding again those bio individual cues and which foods are going to supply the most bioavailable sorts of fats.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I just want to reiterate there that you know the importance of fats in developing child's body. Right, the brain is what sixty percent fat, mm-hmm. maybe more. And, you know, so we need fats to create that myelinated sheath around every, every nerve, every neuron. We need, we need um, good quality fats to make us feel satiated after a meal. And fats are a very good long-term source of energy, right? Whereas the uh, refined carbohydrates or carbohydrates in general are sort of the, the quick, you know, the, the quick sources of energy, the, the kindling, you know. The, Having fats in the diet means that you have like more like the logs, right? So you can you can go longer between meals, and you can have a more normalized meal schedule. So fats are super important, and and that's just a few ways. I mean, there's, the list goes on and on, but we haven't really appreciated that, right? in In our culture, since the like you were talking about, the, all the research that went into, you know, cardiovascular disease and the desire to really pin it on something, something in the diet, something in our, in our lifestyle. And, you know, fat was falsely accused. I think that hopefully the message has really gotten out there that this has been debunked. You know, this idea that animal fats are contributing cholesterol and cause, you know, are behind this epidemic of cardiovascular disease. Good quality fats, as you mentioned, eaten appropriately are a very, very important cornerstone of the diet. So just wanted to make sure we reinforce that message.
1: Absolutely. And I appreciate that. I think that is one thing that we can't say enough to, to parents is just how important those are and how they really work. Falsely targeted and we spent decades falsely accusing fats of cardiovascular disease when really those aren't the root cause. So I appreciate you saying that. And I think that the the more that we continue to see, particularly for children, hopefully the rise in nourishing fats, it's pretty astonishing uh, how helpful that can be from what I've seen with clients as well as my own children how a lot of the issues that present in children can simply be from malnourishment and from not getting enough of those high-quality fats in their diet. So thank you for saying that.
0: Yes, and I was just also thinking of all the vitamins that are fat-soluble, right? Mm -hmm. You need to have fat for those vitamins to be bioavailable in the body. Um, Do you have a quick tip for people who might be similar to your client niche?
1: I do, and this is something we haven't spent a lot of time on, uh, but it is – an issue that I see often with mothers and with children alike, and that is hydration. You cannot forget to hydrate. Uh, For a lot of my clients, especially moms who are so selfless and who are so dedicated to their families and their work, they forget even the basics for themselves. Uh, And again, for children who who may not necessarily know proper hydration levels for themselves, they are dehydrated without ever recognizing it. And if you aren't amply hydrated, I mean, it's going to put your body into overdrive and it is going to make it difficult to accomplish even the most basic of functions, you know, without being properly hydrated, you can't detoxify properly. You can't get oxygen to cells. Your body isn't going to be able to heal effectively. It really does impact everything. Um, And one of the just really quick kind of easy ways I like to help my clients do this is just first thing in the morning, before you have any food, before you reach for any coffee, have at least 12 ounces of water. And ideally, we'll put a little pinch of Himalayan salt or Celtic sea salt in there uh, and drink that first thing. And that is a really fantastic way to wake up the body, flush up the organs, and start that hydration for the day. Uh, I also like to tell moms, you know... Every time that you go and you refill your children's water bottles or you remind them to drink, model that behavior, make sure that you are drinking at the same time because good behavior and and healthy behavior a lot of times is caught, not taught. So prioritizing that for yourself and demonstrating those habits is really important.
0: Mm, I love that tip. I do love that tip. And I, I often recommend the same tip to many of my clients that they drink two glasses of water in the bathroom before they even, you know, before you start anything in your day, two full glasses of water. It's a great way to kind of front load some of the hydration um, away from any meals and help the body really uh, achieve an optimal state of hydration. So Morgan, how should people reach you? You know, you've really talked about a lot of really interesting things. If our listeners are uh, intrigued how can they reach you to learn more about what you have to offer
1: you can find me on my website at well again it's dot dcom they have an email list that i send my monthly newsletters out which is a great way to stay in touch and you can also find me on instagram at well all
0: right perfect thank you so much for taking the time to join me today and talk about healthier families. I think this information is so important, and I'm really happy to be able to present it. It has been
1: so wonderful talking with you. I appreciate you having me.
0: Thanks for joining us for the Flourish with Functional Nutrition podcast. Please listen again, and remember to follow us and leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or Stitcher. To learn more about Twin Cities Nutritional Therapy or check out our podcast page, visit tcnutritionaltherapy.com. To find a nutritional therapy practitioner in your area, use the provider search at nutritionaltherapy.com. Until the next time, be well and flourish. Content of this podcast, copyright 2020, by Twin Cities Nutritional Therapy. Music by Barbara Ben